What are you living for? What are you living your every day for? We stress in this life over not being able to keep up. And I, and I know that I'm talking to everybody when I say this. Especially if you work a job. Especially if you have family. And you, you're running, you're doing, you get in the car and you're thinking the whole time, I didn't get this done, I didn't get that done. We run home, we throw something in the microwave for dinner. We're running through life and at the end of the day, if you're like me, sometimes you think, I just failed. I didn't get this done. I didn't get that done. I go to bed thinking about it. I get up thinking about it. But at the end of the day, that list of stuff that we do, what did it matter in light of eternity? Why is it that we can be the busiest generation ever with the most means of communication and yet we communicate less than any other generation when it comes to each other? And we get less accomplished than any other generation. And so, oh, we get a lot done. We pay bills, we build buildings, we do all this. But let me ask you, what does that matter in light of eternity? I just started thinking about this, and the Lord laid this on my heart, where He says in Matthew 6, 19, don't turn there. Lay not for yourself treasures upon the earth, where moth and doth, rust doth corrupt, and thieves break through and steal. So you know what? Jesus was saying, don't live your life wasting it. When you sit there and at the end of the day, you go through your checking account and you write off what you accomplished and what you earned and what you made. And you look out there and say, you got your shiny car and your big house and your your 401k. and, And God said, all of that stuff will just fade away. It doesn't matter in light of eternity. And I'm not sitting there saying that, throw it all away, we need these things But all I'm saying is they're not the purpose of life. It's not the focus of our lives. I I thought about how many people in our generation have put their measure of success on their possessions. What they have. What they've done. And we look at this verse and it says, But lay yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break and th- through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know what I, God's saying? Don't tell me what you love. I know what you love by what you do. I know what you love. I, I know what your passion is just by looking at your life and your schedule. In Revelation chapter 4 and 5. And find this detailed explanation of the purpose of life. Who we live for and what we live for. And I started reading this and I thought, wow, that sums up life right there. That's it. That's everything. Everything. What God says and he, when we stand before God and God steps out and says, this is what mattered. This is what I recognize. This is what I honored. Whatever those things are is what we should be living for. So read with me, Revelation 4 and verse 1. And after this I looked, and behold, a door of heaven was open, open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard were a trumpet talking to me and said, Come up hither, and I will show you the things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one that sat on the throne. And just so you guys get this picture as we're going through this, they, they, he steps into heaven in the focus, the picture the vision, everything is focused on one thing. 
the throne of God. Everything that we read in this passage all circles around one thing, the throne of God, God himself. And, he just, and I started thinking about that. What is our life circle around today? What is our focus? Even Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. What are you striving for? He saw the focus of heaven was, was God Almighty. And the Bible explains the glory of God, and I'm not going to get into all the details and the symbolism, but around the throne was this rainbow symbolizing that God has kept his promises. Let me just give you a challenge of this. We had the rainbow first, by the way. It was ours. It's a promise of God. And when we come before God, it's all around the throne to remind us that God keeps his promises. We come in the presence of God. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. The Bible says it's indescribable. You can't even. And I, I just think, what would that be like as as the glory of God is shining out and the, the colors and the, the, and the shining out of the bright lights. And the Bible says the thundering of being in the presence of God where you cannot even see God. You see the glory that surrounds the throne. And around about the throne there was four and twenty seats. And upon the seats of four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiments. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. I know the debate on which things in heaven represent the saints and this, but this, let me tell you, this is what I do know. I know I'm going to be there, and I know I'm receiving crowns for the things that I've done in my life, and I know I'm giving all the God, God the, all the glory when I get there. Those are the things that I know for sure. But the Bible talks about these things that are happening, the details. And you just think how it says that there, these people are gathered around the throne, and they're clothed in these white garments Meaning that if you've been a drunk all of your life, you've been a prostitute, you've lost everything, you're known and an outcast in the family. When you stand before God, you're clothed in the righteousness and you are a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There will not be levels of those that are better than anybody else and those that are dressed better or went longer to church or anything like that. You are a child of the King. Revelation 5.10, just looking forward, and he said, He has made unto us our God kings and priests. We inherit as the children of God, the redeemed prostitute, praising God next to the lifelong pastor that has served God. There are no favorites and there is no status. All redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. But God laid this on my heart. I said, Lord, I'd rather do this and that. And I thought, you know what? Preach on anniversary Sunday. What matters most in life? What are you living for? And notice this first thing. The Bible talks about the glory that we give. You don't have to turn there, but this description we see all through the Bible, and there's other passages that lay this out. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4, 8, Henceforth there is laid for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day. Not to me only, but to all of them that love his appearing. This, this God, and I, I love using visuals, but I, the Bible explains the crown. And I know that the one that I'm going to worship, he is king of kings and lord of lords. I know that Jesus stepped off the throne of glory and he came and was born as a servant 
And then for us as Christians, we follow that example of being a servant. But on that day, and I don't know how and when, but I know that we are crowned. I know we're given these awards. And I started thinking about that. As, as however, and just let your imagination run wild as you think about that. But the Bible gives different, and there's different explanations of how many crowns there are in heaven and things like that. But the Bible says there's crowns for those that have run the race of life, those that have been faithful. The Bible talks about the crown of rejoicing for those that lived as a, as a witness for Jesus Christ. A crown of righteousness, those that gave their life for the glory of God and looked forward to his coming. The Bible talks about a crown of glory. A crown of glory. That God says, you know what? This is just a symbol, a picture. As God places it on your head and said that, 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 that you being on fire for God and telling other people about Christ, that was what mattered in life. You see, the crowns in heaven represent the things that matter to God. Nowhere in Scripture does He say that we get a crown for how many Buckeye games we attended. Nowhere does it say that we get a crown for how much money you gave, for the size of your house, for how high you were able to get in the levels of Candy Crush, how many likes you got on Facebook. And yet, when you look at our time in our life and we consume our lives with those things, and God says, none of those things that valued me are represented by the things that you lived your life. Every day, every day is an opportunity to bring glory to God. And I started thinking about all the, the, the crowns represented the things that we do that give Him glory, the things that He said, I was honored, I was pleased, you pointed people to me. This is the things as he is king that represent him, that we're Christ-like, that we resemble God, that we are the child or children of the king. It's represented in there. But then I read later, and this is cool, the response. The response that we give. In verse 10, and the Bible says, And the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne. Sit there and say, Lord, live my life for you. Lord, all that I've done every day has not been for me or the applause or the people, but for the glory of God. And they worshipped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. We take them off our heads and we tell God, the life that I lived every day, the ministry, the people, the, the way that I cleaned the bathrooms when nobody was looking, those people that I went out of my way to tell about Jesus Christ, how I served you, what I did, how I sung, everything was for one reason, for you. We live our lives here on earth for the glory of God. We give them to God. It was all for God. Every day and every way. But have you ever thought about this? If this represents our lives here on earth. If this represents the service that you give. Day in and day out. The things that you do. You sit there and God says I give this to those that reach souls. And those that teach the gospel. And those that are faithful. And those that rejoice. Those that point people to God. But your life. It's filled with sports and activities and you get more excited about a touchdown than you do our God. 
We get more worked up over the score than we do about our Savior and salvation and how God came to seek and to save that which was lost. As they were busy doing, he said, I must be about my Father's business. I must find those that don't know him because one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, and those that are not found in the Lamb's book of life will be cast into fire. And God says, the very fact that you spent your life for that reason, I give you this. And we turn back and we give it back to God. I don't want to be one of those that stand there and it's like, I had every day. I had my wealth and my health and I had my time and my energy. And I can tell you about the trophies that I've won. And I can tell you how faithful I was to the ball field. And I can tell you about my score with golf. When you have nothing to cast at the feet of Jesus. Let me ask you, church, what are you living for? Because at that moment, the things and the glory that we give to God is all that matters. Those things that he has laid out in scripture saying that these, you honored me and we honor God in return by casting those things that represent our lives before God. All because thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive the glory and the honor and the power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Can I tell you the reason that you are here, the reason that you live and breathe the reason that you have life in your body, the reason you were born the day you came into the earth is for one reason that is to point people to God and give all the glory to God you realize that when we live our lives for us and there is nothing coming out of our lives to give God glory we have lost our purpose we have lost our reason for even existing because the Bible says for all things were created for the glory of God can you imagine Standing before God and giving your excuses. Not that we will. God, I just, Lord, I was trying to climb the ladder. Lord, I was busy doing this. Lord, if you just knew. And God said, I know. The problem is you didn't do Colossians 3, 2, where you set your affection on things above and not on things on this earth. The things that you did that were not for the glory of God were burnt up. What matters most? It's not just for the glory that we give, but it's also the presence of his people. I've imagined this sight many times, and I know you guys have as Christians, and thinking, what will it be like? What will it be like? And I've wondered what it would be like to walk before there and to be able to walk in there. And the first thing we see is God. But you know what the other thing is that we'll have? We'll be praising God for all eternity with Pastor Denoff. Be there with Lisa and Joyce, and we could go down the list of Paul Fairchild and those people that we love so much. I thought at that point right there, the greatest thing in the Bible describes, and behold, I heard a voice of many angels in chapter 5, verse 1, around about the throne, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 of thousands of thousands. And I thought, besides me giving my crowns to the king of kings and the lord of lords the only thing that matters most you guys come up here i know a lot of you 
don't see this image or picture of all of us together. I want you to know that this matters more than anything to me. I, I, I serve God. I come to this church. We do the work. We, 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 we go. We do. We buy. We, we organize. But if I don't have them with me. If I've done all of this. And I'm standing alone. And I've not given my best here on earth. And I know I can't reach them. And it's not about me sitting there convincing them. It's not dragging them in this building. It's not me playing Holy Spirit. It's not making me give them a prayer. But I know that if they see God in me. If they know that it's not just me doing a job. Or me going through the motions. But the Holy Spirit of God working through us as a church. I had one of the coolest blessings ever. Come here, Morgan. I, uh, we went on a family activity, and uh, we went to see War Room, and uh, we got back to the house, and Morgan disappeared, and then Jenny disappeared, and then Jenny came out of the room, and she came in my room, and she says, your daughter has something to talk to you about, and Morgan sat there and started talking about the movie, and, and talking about this and that, and all this other stuff, and she said, Daddy, I prayed. And she prayed right there with us and she, she started opening up and she was asking God in her heart. And it wasn't me convincing her. It wasn't mom convincing her. It wasn't some scary message that I tried to push her into something. It was the Spirit of God working through somebody that the Kendrick brothers obeying God and doing that. She came home under conviction. And she prayed this right there as we sat on my bed. And she said, Lord, I'm going to step off the throne of my life and make you my king, my my nine-year-old pray that to my God. I asked all of you, what are you living for? They have to go to school and they have to do these things. And I want them to be doing sports and all of this. But when our families see us have more passion for a ball game or passion for a job, then they do see our passion for God, something's wrong. When we are more faithful to our tournaments than we are to the house of God, they see where our hearts are at. And all the words that you can say don't add up to the life that you live for Jesus Christ. You guys can be seated. What matters most? What are you living your life for? And I thought, we have the, the glory that we give and we have the presence of His people. But let me close with one last one. I see the rejoicing of the redeemed. Now, I'm, I'm, we're, we're going to end this a little different. The mood changes in chapter 5 because in Revelation chapter 5 verse 1, and He said, I saw in the right hand of Him that sat on the throne written within the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book to loose the seals thereof? The question was asked, but they already knew the answer. There is only one that is worthy of the praise. But they're sitting there and the angel wept much. And the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he stepped off the throne and the Bible says he walked forward. And the Bible says in 
No man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, means Satan was not able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And he said in this word picture, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not! John, you don't have to weep! This visual of why we praise God, why we rejoice. And he said, Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, to loose the seven seals thereof. And I behold and looked in the midst of the throne, and the four beasts in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. All of the focus at that moment goes on this lamb of then, and he said that had been slain. Literally meaning it had the signs in it that he had overcome. He had the signs and the nails in his hands or the holes in his hands representing he was the lamb that had been slain. And the Bible says that, that from that moment that they all rose up and they began to weep and to praise God and to sing a new song. You say, why did they sing a new song? Because all things at that point had become new. Everything had changed. And they stood up in one accord in the praises of God people and they began to put all the focus on God. And the Bible says that they broke out in song, singing, worthy is the lamb that has been slain to receive all the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You realize the reason we were created is to praise our God? Do you realize the reason that you have breath in your body the reason that we come to church, the reason that we have families and the blessings of God is to lift up our praise because God is worthy of our lives, of our praise, of our attention, and how often we sing. And it's all about us and whether or not I like the song or what I get out of it or what I like in this life when it should be all for the glory of God. They sang a new song because there is no more death. There is no more cancer. There is no more murder. There is no more separation. There is no more hurt. There's no more letting anybody down. There's no more of your past. There's no more sin and there's no more devil. He holds the king keys to death, hell, and the grave. 